Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to episode five of the Modern Game Podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about midweeks, how you should approach them, should you be targeting them, and everything in between. Um, Josh and I have both had some success in midweeks recently, and generally, I've observed that there has been a slightly lower points requirement to take home a prize in midweeks. The question, I suppose, to start with is how much emphasis do you put on midweek and has that changed because i feel last season everyone was like eh, midweeks whereas this yes. season it seems to be like with the reallocation of prizes and the new tournaments that have been added in suddenly midweeks seem a bit more interesting again i i think that's probably a good way to start and open up with and, and get your thoughts on that yeah that i I really like, and I sort of I chose this topic this week because I've uh, I've just won in a midweek, haven't I? You know, so just wanted to flex. It's um, just a flex yeah, topic. It's absolutely is, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, You've also brought forward the recording, which does make me wonder if you're going to try and turn this podcast into one of those like rewards <laughs> opening YouTubes, which everyone seems to do. So it's nothing more than a flex this week. There's no valid content for the listeners. It's just, hey guys, by the way, here's an hour of me talking about that that I won my midweek then. Yeah, absolutely. Although you did, you did beat some pretty tough competition. You know, there was a lot of oh. a late surge from AZ who completely trashed Dundee. I did enjoy, like, in the chat, it was like, oh, watch out, AZ are coming. And there's me, like, wanting AZ to win, mostly so I get <laughs> uh, midweek utility for Reinders and Odegaard. And, and surprisingly, Reinders' absolutely stonking performance last night dragged yeah, me wow. into the prizes with a four-man team. Um, but... It was just watching your anxiety, knowing that there were players like Visa Card who were just running full AZ stacks, hunting you down. Yeah, so Visa Card and Copters were both uh, were both hot on the heel. Well, I don't. They weren't actually ever that hot on the heels. They were always like fifty points away. I mean, I ended up winning by like fifty-one points, but it just felt like it was inevitable. Like I was. I was bracing myself for the onslaught of like the 60th minute mark, you know, when it gets to 60 and like they both play two defenders as well. So I was like, ah, oh, shit, like there's going to be like a, a 50, 60 point swing here. Um, but yeah, the player that luckily both they let both them played down Bakuma. Was, uh, I was going to say, Bakuma was the one that both let them down, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when Danny DeWitt yeah. scored the sixth and Visa had him, I was like, ah, oh, like this is just terrible, you know? And it was only really because... Marco Grill scored that I did manage to hold on to first. You know, if he hadn't scored, it would have been it would have been a hell of a lot closer, especially as he, he was my captain. So mm. um yeah, that really allowed me to pull away. So I think your original question, like how much emphasis do I put on midweeks, is I like I don't I'm not even sure I know myself. Because at the start of the season when everyone was like planning their teams, I heard like lots of talk about, you know, who the the go-to goalkeepers are especially you know in u23 you know you want your, your ones that have midweeks etc and i feel like midweeks was a really hot topic when we were like coming into the european season like who's going to have midweeks and i feel like lots of people were putting like a lot of thought and and uh emphasis on having midweek utility and i was sort of like completely opposite i was like um you know lots of people were saying i don't want the zenit players or any rpl players because they've lost their midweek utility with obviously the russian premier league all the russian clubs not being involved in europe and i was like well you know i'm just going to buy them anyway and then on the weekends when you you know you you don't have them 
I'm going to run them and they're going to smash and I'm going to win. Like, you know, there's if not as many people want them, one, their demand is going to be lower, so their price is going to be lower, you know, comparatively to um, to other players. And two, you know, when I play them and they do well, like you're not, the you know, Joe Bloggs is not going to have them and they're, they're not going to be playing them against me. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, blase fuck the midweeks and um and and you know i'll just focus on the weekends and try and win the the sort of big tournaments and the big prizes and then it sort of came into this europa conference league and europa league quals and champions league quals and i think the main thing for me is like obviously which games are assigned coverage which is uh always a, a sort of question at this stage like you know i've got a full dynamo zagreb stack which but none of their They've had loads of European um, Champions League uh, qualifiers, but none of them have been scored. Um, and yeah, there, you know, there was a point for me where I was like, I, and it was last midweek, so not the one where I've just won, but the one before. Um, I was like, right, I can make a team here if I buy a midfielder. And it was a point where I was like, do, you know, do I want to buy a midfielder so I can play a team in midweek? Like, how much value do I actually put on this? Um, in the end, I went out and got Alexander Press from Sturm Graz because I have other Sturm Graz players. And, you know, I felt a two-leg time tie against Dynamo Kiev, he could do reasonably well. And, you know, it was probably more luck than judgment for me that he did get an assist um, on Tuesday night and um, shot a 74 and, you know, was was part of my winning lineup. But I think that was maybe more me just like... I don't want to say DJing, but I was like, right, I want to play midweek, so I'm going to buy this guy now because you know I need him to 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 create my lineup. Um, and so I feel like I haven't ever placed that much emphasis on midweeks, but I think that's really starting to change. Like that, like you mentioned, the amount of points required to win a prize midweek compared to the weekend is quite significant. Now, right, the division I've I've won in Challenge Europe D three you actually needed 370 points for a tier two, which is, uh, oh no, 365 points, sorry, for a tier two, which is very similar to what it was at the weekend, you know, only a few points shy. But that is with Aizen Atmar winning 7-0 and, you know, them being one of the more sort of popular plays in that in that game week. Um, so I think your point there is is very valid. And I think, like, moving forward, it's a real consideration for me, like who plays midweek. I think I've always done it to a certain extent with some of my goalkeepers. You know, I've only got uh, one RPL goalkeeper, I think, Gilead Lantratov. I know I have uh, Matvey Safanov as well. Um, and Lantratov was a speculation buy based on he might go to Zenit and, you know, that sort of thing. And Safanov, I knew the U23 GK. And I sort of had the same thought process, you know, if not as many people are buying him because they want to buy a goalkeeper with midweek utility, he's got a cracking AA score, could do well on the weekends for me. But I think with the majority of my goalkeepers, you know, I've kept to Simon Mignolet, for instance, because he's going to have midweek utility. You know, I could have sold him. He's not always in my weekend lineups. Um, and to be honest, maybe he shouldn't be in my midweek ones because his matchups are not going to be particularly favourable in the Champions League. Um, so I think, you know, the original question, how much emphasis do I put on midweeks? I think, it, like, very consciously... Originally, when I was planning my lineups, I did not. I was sort of thinking, you know, I'll keep these goalkeepers about and I'll always have spare players left over. I'll just chuck them in some lineups. You know, midweeks have never normally been particularly good to me, essentially. Um, And then now I'm like subconsciously coming around to the fact that actually these are viable, valuable tournaments to be entering. And I should probably sort myself out to a stage where actually, you know, I've got some of the better midweek cards. And I think... That 
when I say the better midweek cards, I think is a really interesting topic. Like, you know, like I've just said, Mingile is a is a midweek goalkeeper playing for Club Brugge. So in in his domestic competition, he's a very, very strong player. You know, he's he should be. I mean, he hasn't started the season very well. His AA has been okay, actually, but they haven't got many clean sheets. But he should be, you know, one of the best goalkeepers in Belgium and therefore one of the better ones in Challenge Euro and in some cases All-Star. But then when you move him to a midweek setting, like, his effectiveness is, is really diminished, right? You know, he's yeah. not going to be playing Circle Brugger or, you know... <laughs> somebody like that in a in a Champions League game you know they might have uh, one team in their league which is um you know ranked below them but the other two are almost certainly going to be they're going to be huge underdogs right and you know especially the team from pot one that goes into to Club Bridges group they're going to be huge underdogs and likely to concede three goals a game which essentially makes Mignolet a useless card right you know if he's going to concede three goals a game in three of the how many group games do they play six yeah, three of the six yeah. group games. Then you know, for for three of those games, why am I even bothering lining him up? He's going to score between with the new scoring matrix five and fifteen. Like you know, mm. you may as well not have a goalkeeper. So I think a really interesting point is who are who? How do you identify who the good midweeks are? Right? Like they're think, the. You go on. I'll let you have it. I was going to say. I think at this point you can't until the groups are drawn, but you can make a speculation on it. And I think what is really interesting is you use the Club Brugge example, which is they're strong in their domestic league, but they then unfortunately go into the Champions League where they're just, you know, the likelihood is Mignolet doesn't keep a single clean sheet yeah. in the Champions League. And then they go out. Like, that's just like the reality of it. Whereas on the flip side, you've got Villarreal, who are one step away from being in the Europa Conference League groups. Right. And they could be a team that are actually not very strong at the weekend. Like, don't get me wrong, they've got some good players like Parejo, Moreno, um, Pau Torres, if he stays. They're, with all due respect, average when it yeah. comes to Champion Euro at the weekend. Champion Euro in the midweek? Uh, they could, yeah, they could be bossing it. Because, yeah. like, you know, Bayern could get drawn against Barcelona or Inter Milan or, you City know... Or whoever. Exactly. All the strong champion Euro teams are going to be in the Champions League. And the likelihood is that there's going to be two strong teams in every group. So there are going to be weeks where, you know, Bayern aren't guaranteed to crush it or, you know, Real Madrid aren't going to keep a clean sheet. So then, and you'll see like, you know, you'll have like Villarreal playing like a team from Baku or, you know, like the the, the relative strength of the opposition is going to be ridiculous for a club like Villarreal if they take it seriously. And I think they are one of the ones that, you know, they are a club that loves a cup run. So I think that they will take it seriously. But, you know, all of the other, like strong at the weekend, not strong in midweek, it makes for a really interesting dynamic because also then it, the rotation plays in. So, mm. you know, to, to go back to last year, I ended up not focusing on midweeks at all because I tried to focus on midweeks. And unfortunately, Andalax got booted out of the conference league at the hands in of the test. Yeah. yeah, in the qual stage, which wasn't scored because of Opta's weird relationship with Belgium and the fact that they just don't score Belgian teams in the qualifiers. So I'd set up, and I basically had a hybrid stack of Benfica and Anderlecht players. I think I had, like, it was, um, like, Van Kronbrugger, Hout, um, maybe Yari Vasharin, Rafa, and Yaramchuk from um, right. from Benfica. 
And then the issue that I had then was that as soon as Andelect were booted out, I was like, well, you know, I bought Andelect because I believe in Andelect. I'm not just going to sell Van Kronbrugge and Hope because I want a team that are playing midweeks for the sake of it. But then I had this weird scenario where I didn't have a full team. But what was happening is that Rafa, for example, was playing in the midweeks when I didn't have a goalkeeper and then getting rotated at the weekend when I did. So it all depended on the composition of my gallery. And I think that that's why it was an important step for you because you were one step away from a competitive midweek team. And at yeah. the point that I was at, I was essentially three steps away. And to be fair, Yalimchuk was being rotated anyway. So he, I, you know, I was almost like, you know, to be in all, in all arguments, like I was four steps away from actually having a competitive midweek team, which just at that time, I wasn't in the position that gallery size to, to do that. So I then made the decision and I said, okay, well, I'm going to sell my Benfica players because there's no point having them in midweek and the risk of rotation at the weekend when, you know, I need them at the weekend because that's when I've got my Van Kronbrugger and Hope combination. Mm -hmm. yep. So I actually sold them and bought a pairing from Upen. I bought Steph Peters and Schmel Prefliak because I was like, based on the rest of my gallery, it makes sense for me to be targeting weekends because that's when I'm likely to be the strongest. Albeit, I know the competition is going to be stronger at the weekends. I'm in a much better place and I've got a much better shot of like lining up five competitive players at the weekend. So that's what I focused on. There was a point throughout the season where, you know, I'd won a couple of prizes and I pivoted out of Peters and Prevliak, but my whole focus was players that are going to play at the weekend. So, you know, I ended up grabbing Junior Ito when Genk had got knocked out of Europe. And, you know, I sort of knew that my weekend challenger squad was was where it was at. This season is, is completely different and, and kind of by chance, if I'll be honest with you, because... Enzo has just like landed at Benfica and started absolutely crushing. Like I went out and bought Szymanski, um, and my plan was that I was going to run Szymanski and Gudson in my under 23s. And that was predominantly weekend focus because Besiktas yep. don't play midweeks, but Szymanski and Feyenoord will. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like, I'm going to optimize for the weekend, but I'm going to, you know, sort of make a bit of a split. And it was a couple of weeks ago where, you know, sort of midweek, I was like, oh, okay, hang on a minute. I've got Enzo and I've got Odegaard and I think it was like Badi Shile. I was like, oh, I've got like actually quite a strong core here. I'm just missing a midfielder. So I bought um, Tiani Reinders. And, and then I was like, well, hang on a minute. Like, actually, if I look at this, and this is just the qualifiers, if I look at it, I've now got probably some of the best options after winning Sutolo as well. Yeah. If all these teams get to the group stages of their respective tournaments, I've potentially got some of the best under 23 options for midweek. So then it makes sense for me to really lean into that and, and prioritize, particularly with like Odegaard fit and, you know, AZ, you know, fingers crossed they get through the next round. But, you know, AZ in the conference league group stages, like, I mean, they, yes. they saw what they could do at Dundee last night. Like, you know, it was like last season watching. Feyenoord go on a, just an absolute rip-roaring run through that conference league thinking, yeah, that wasn't should have bought Cockatoo and Sinistera <laughs> then, shouldn't I? Because they were just ripping the midweeks. And basically you knew that whoever had those cards, every midweek they were getting something. Like yeah. they, they were they were absolutely yielding from those cards. So I suppose the question for me is, am I going to prioritise midweeks more? Yes. 
do I fully know who I'm going to have yet? Not at the moment, but I'm going to keep a real close eye on that group stage and potentially free up some ETH so that I can pivot my gallery into having like an absolute smasher team for midweek based on the draw because it will all come down. And you know that like there will be some teams that you'll just look at their draw and go, okay, wow, they're going to crush. Um, particularly in the conference league where, you know, you do end up seeing some horrible mismatches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, as, uh, as we sort of, you know, we saw last night with AZ, they completely smacked Dundee, but you know, this week, I know it's the qualifying round, but you know, <laughs> rapid, rapid Vienna yeah, are going to play a team from the, the, uh, I think it's Swiss second division it is, who yeah. have qualified via the Liechtenstein FA's place that they award in the FA Cup that they hold in Liechtenstein, which is interestingly the only regulated tournament held in Liechtenstein. So, you know, you, it, it's just, you end up getting like, from a so rare perspective, just ridiculously mismatched fixtures. And I feel like I've got, I've got a couple of really good pieces. Um, Arguably, I I don't want Benfica to go into the Champions League, which is where it comes like a really interesting. Like you're willing your team to like get knocked out, but at the right stage of knockout, yes. so that they fall into the tournament below. Um, so you know, an ideal situ situation for me would be like Benfica going to the Europa League, PSV going to the Champions League, and getting absolutely spanked each week. Um, you know. And it's just, I don't know, it's a really interesting one when you think about it, but it's about, for me, looking at those mismatches and which teams take it seriously. Because, you know, you go back to that point around the under-23 goalkeepers that you mentioned earlier, and at the moment, there's really not that many of them that would play midweek. It's, you know, Donnarumma, it's Costa, who are both yeah. going to be in the Champs League, so they're not, you know... I think Don is like the clear one, but Don he's like 60. Right? Yeah, yeah he's like 60, <laughs> which is just like nuts. Even for like yeah. a gallery of my size, I'm like, I can't justify mm -hmm. Don. Costa is probably going to have a fairly tough draw tough it, isn't he, in the Champions League. In, in the, in the mm -hmm. Champs League. Hedl, if Vienna get through, brilliant. Uh, Alban yep. Lafont would be a midweek goalkeeper, but he's going to be one of those ones where. They're quite good in the midweek, but at the weekend, he's he's not like you know Lafont is your like go to under twenty three goalkeeper. Like Nance could get smacked about in, yeah. in League One, so then you're like you know you're paying like over two ETH just to run midweeks, and you've got a guy that's kind of you know he is serviceable at the weekend. Don't get me wrong, but you know you're not you're not getting you know, real, you know, you're not getting favorable matchups for knots most weeks. Sure. Um, you know, outside of that, you've got Luis Maximiano, but then the issue with that is that Italian teams seem to not take Rotate, any, maybe. yeah, they really do. They don't like, they're like, they're purists. Unless they go to the Champions League, they don't care. Like, they're yeah. like, I don't want to win no second tier or third tier cup. What is this bullshit? It was the same last year. If you remember, Roma were in the Europa Conference League, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, Roma are going to be absolutely ridiculous," and they lose five nil to like some team from Bodo I can't remember where. Yeah, yeah like Bodo. whoever. I can't remember where it was. Yeah, then okay. Norwegian. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's like that. Isn't like they just weren't bothered. I guess. No, and it's the same. But I timed it quite well last season because I I knew that um, Ashif Elmas of Napoli and Marash Kumbula of Roma 
they wouldn't get near the team at the weekends, but they'd be rolled out in the B side for the midweeks when they would have, you know, slightly better fixtures. So there's this sort of weird quirks like that. But, you know, I, I think for me, like, I have felt that my gallery has put my put me in a more favourable position to win in midweeks. I understand that it's going to change. The landscape will change when everyone comes online and it's the group stages proper. Like we're kind of, we're, we're almost playing like a false tournament at the moment because there's only some covered and it's, you know, not every team and then not every team that's playing is getting covered. And then you get some wild swings in the fixture strength. And actually, once you get to the group, like the group composition in everyone should be like one or two good teams, one average team, one poor team, realistically right. based on parts. So it'll be about timing it. Some of them could get lucky based on the conference league having like the champions path. So it's like, if you're a champion of your league, you're going to get into part one anyway, which ends up like throwing up a few slightly weaker groups because not all champions are equal. Mm -hmm. But I suppose the question here is, you know, for me, I'm now looking and thinking, okay, well, how much should I spend or how much should I com commit to a midweek under 23 goalkeeper? The question is like how much value do you place on that midweek utility? Because I don't think we can say that Donna is high priced because of midweek utility. No. He's high priced because he's just going to be an elite goalkeeper in, in that PSG setup. I think you'd probably argue that Heddle's price is boosted because of midweeks. I'd yes. say LaFont's is definitely because LaFont's not a serviceable goalkeeper in champion. Like you're only using him as under 23. And even yeah. then you're sort of stretching and hoping for those good fixtures. So I don't know, like, do you, have you ever thought about that? Like, what what would you, you know, do you place a premium? If so, what kind of premium would you place on someone having midweeks? Yeah, I think, so yeah, I think this takes like me back to my sort of earlier point. Like, I at the start of the season, I didn't care. Like, if there was someone that had midweeks or didn't have them, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll maybe go for the one that doesn't have them so I can get them slightly cheaper or they're maybe slightly stronger at the weekend and that's where I want to play them you know last year I had Unastall and Proper who weren't playing any midweeks and therefore played every single game that they were available at the weekend and I think the thing that always makes me chuckle is like people that buy Joey like Joey Veerman was the big one last year right he signed to PSV Schmidt would rotate the hell out of PSV and everyone was like oh is Veerman gonna play this weekend and I'm like well you know there's literally no way to know if you want the midweek utility you have to sort of you know if you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain, baby. Um, so <laughs> that that was just um that was just sort of the way of it. And I think um play, so I do place the value on, on midweek utility. I think we can see it. I think U23 goalkeeper is the place where it's most um tangible, like you can see it easiest, right? You've got Nicholas Heddle, who you know is a, a decent U23 goalkeeper at like two and a half ETH. Um, oh actually his floor's down to 2.2 now. I wonder if that was like in speculation that they'd get knocked out last night. But anyway, it's still holding at 2.2, so I guess not. Um, and then, like, how many years has he got left, by the way? Oh, wow. He's U23 until 2025? Jesus. Yeah, he's got a long time. Let me bring it up, actually. Let's have a I'm look. Um, just for reference, going to bring up the player rankings. Let's have a look at yeah. the, the strings goalkeeper under 23. And let's have a little look and see. Um, and then we can have a look at and like compare him to someone who doesn't filter. have midweek utility. Yeah, it's so a filter by value. So, wow, Heddle's up at 2.5 now. So and let's like, have a look. 
Daniel Odoyevsky, who is like, I don't know, maybe some of that price is down to his starter status. But he's got many fewer mints and he's like nearly an ETH cheaper on last sale. Because I presume, well, one, because his starter situation is unclear, I guess. But I imagine because his he has no midweeks. So yeah, Hedor at 2.5 is an interesting one. I, I do wonder how much of the fact that his age plays into this. Because you yeah. see, like with Vandervoort, for example, you know, he's got many years of under 23 utility left. He's at 2.5. Hedel's at 2.5, but he could have that midweek utility. I'd almost argue, you know, if you look, Lafont and Maximiano seem to be priced similarly. That to me suggests that people believe. The, and they're the same age, aren't they, as well? Yeah, they're the same age. I'd argue that Maximiano is probably in a stronger team relative to the league than Lafont yeah. is. Um, but then there's that risk of Italian teams just not taking midweeks as seriously unless they're in the Champs League. So I don't know, like when you talk about like a comparative for Hedl to understand like where he's baked in in price, there's no one really here. Yeah, the... similar similar sort of standing and 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 price. I suppose you could argue De Kaiser if he was fit and if he was locked in playing, but it's very hard to actually compare him uh, at this point. Like, there's not really a lot, is there? I mean, Murich's price, I just don't understand. Like, that's mental. Yeah, it's wild. Arguably, he does sort of have midweeks because of the um the, the way the championship works. But I that feel just like seems like nuts. Yeah, I think like Odoyevsky, when people presumed he was locked, was was going for, well. Did they ever? I think so. So when people thought that he was like the goalkeeper, which now I think they maybe still do, but it sort of depends if Ivan starts at the weekend. But he was going for like anywhere between one point eight and one point nine, mm. and obviously he doesn't have midweeks, but plays on the best team in in his league. Yeah. So I, I think like, and obviously Heddle's like sold for 2.5 previously, but now floors at like 2.2-ish. Mm. So I think maybe that's like, yeah, it's not great. I think you're right though. There's no real like clear comparison to him no. and therefore it's quite difficult to judge. But if yeah. Rapid Vienna were out of the Conference League, do we really think he's selling for 2.5, 2.2 ETH? I, I think he's, I don't think so. No, yeah, I, I, I think I probably agree with you there. I, I think that, you know, if he's out, then people have a choice between Hedl and Vandervoort at similar yep. prices. And do people go for Vandervoort because there is a perception that he is a higher standard of goalkeeper and you yep. obviously know what his career path is going to be. And he doesn't have the winter break, which yep. is another factor, sure. which I think, like, will really hit Heddle's price later. Like if yeah. if they don't qualify, then the fact that they're not midweeks and winter break probably sees a little bit of downward pressure on Heddle's price. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I agree with that as well. But yeah, I think that's interesting. I think the premium, like, I don't know, obviously the one, um, the one example I brought up to you sort of before we started streaming is the uh, Sport players. Because we would, uh, you know, I was sort of saying these Konyaspor players. I'm really interested to see what happens to their price now, 
because people have been presuming that these guys are going to be playing midweek football, right? They're in the qualifiers. They should probably get midweek football. And I feel like, you know, the goalkeeper you've brought Sehech up on the screen here, I think is a really interesting point. Like he, I think like goalkeeper is the most um, valuable position when it comes to midweek football. So like to see his price drop off there and that, just that number of sales there were yesterday. I don't know even if some of those sales are actually speculating that Konyaspor are going to win and therefore the price is going to rise when they feel like they might go qualified again, you know, right? So I feel like that is interesting to see his price drop from, what is it, like 0.1 to 0.08 or something in the limited world? Something like yeah. that, right? So interestingly, even all, lower. all of these sales were after they were knocked out. They were all... Oh, actually, yeah. this was this was earlier. So this is odd. There were some slightly before, but the majority of them all happened after they were knocked out. So there was a very, very conscious sell-off of yeah. Sahich last night in Limited once they got knocked out, yeah. which is wild, really. Mm. And, and, and what, I, what I always find really interesting is Limited tends to, because of the liquidity and the volatility, Limited always is a very good indicator of where the price of rare cards is going to go in about a week yeah. or 10 days. It just everything happens quicker. So, you, you know, the fact that they were only knocked out last night, we can already see that price trend. And, and you know, like this is a this is a goalkeeper that, you know, only a matter of weeks ago was selling for 0.11. You know, latest sales last night, people were selling them off for 0.07, 0.075. Like, if you look at the rare now, sorry, mate, just to cut across, but if you look at the rare mm -hmm. now, one was auctioned off three days ago at 1.17, and yeah. now the floor is 0.92. Yeah. So I feel like this effect's been compounded in rare, basically. Just yeah, because but, more but nobody's nobody's actually taken it yet. No. So it'll need it'll need the next auction to actually really like find out reset the, the price to find out mm -hmm. the true value. Because the fact that nobody's buying now at 0.9 is is really interesting. Yeah. You know, I wonder, you know, I wonder what it what it does um to his yeah i wonder what it does to his value yeah but i feel like that is a good indicator that people do like you know that's point two that's a point two five eth that's not a you know it's not a small i think that's a really good indicator that at rare level at least and we can see it at limited level as well even though on a smaller scale but at rare level at least like people are placing like really high priority on buying into midweek cards because i can only presume that his previous sales are driven because people are presuming that he's going to get midweek utility right so yeah i would think uh, so yeah i'm very interested to see where that next auction ends up and i think that gives you a good idea of like how much people value midweek football um, yeah i'm worried about the price of my uh york side handle now now that they've been uh booted out by, by down the kiev yes that is uh yeah i've got one as well haven't i in fact i didn't even realize was um that was Conference League, wasn't it? They're not. That wasn't a Europa League. Was that, no, that was a Europa League qualifier. No. Oh yeah, it was. So they should yeah, go to. They, uh, they'll go in the Conference League. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, ignore me. I'm I'm happy. Side handle. <laughs> question is now: Has anyone else? Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm not even sure what to make of Side Handle's price chart last night. <laughs> 
That's absolutely. Oh, it's new cards. Okay, yeah, no, we can't oh, actually draw okay, really yeah. any insight so from can't Australia really make because too much conclusions there. Let's look at rare. Okay, so side handles price is is holding. Interestingly, they've sold some limiteds, but they haven't sold any rares of him yet. Yeah, I wonder if there's there must be some live auctions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a live auction that ends in seven hours. Because um, what this then looks to happen, because I'd, you know, to be honest, I'd probably put Sehich and Saipandel as like, in terms of weekend options, they're, they're definitely on a similar level. Yeah, I think people, I think Saipandel has been like a, I feel like he's been underperforming SO5 wise for a while. I don't know whether that's just because he's losing lots of points on possession loss or mm. or what. But like, if you look at his fit, like he's got like a 41L40, doesn't he? Yeah, I was, sorry, you got it up on the screen, yeah. So yeah. in the new Matrix, he's got like a 41L40, which is poor and worse than Sehich's by like yeah, 11 cool. points. Yeah. So, but yeah. Sehich has now regressed to a level that's the same as Saipandel. Yes. So the question yeah. here is, yeah, Sehich is a better goalkeeper in terms of scores in the last 15, but Saipandel's price seems to be maintaining based on the fact still that... Still having some midweek utility. Still having some midweek utility. Which is really interesting, and actually, them in the Conference League is a could better, up, could end up, yeah, it could end up being quite favourable for them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think people are definitely, definitely baking it in. I think you know, you're trying to use an Austrian example is a bad one in limited because of the fact that people do seem to be very happy paying quite significantly more for new season cards than they do for last season cards. But you know, you've got the other other Konya Sport players as well, and you know. I'm not even going to attempt to say say this this boy's Amir. name, but uh, yeah, Amir Hadzi Hamitovic. That sounds very right, nice. doesn't it? Very um, He's had a big drop off in price last night as well. Yeah, wow, crazy. So you know, again, just for listening, like he was selling before they kicked off. Literally two hours before they kicked off, he was selling for 0.042. After they got knocked out, the auction was 0.323. So he's literally lost about 20% of his price on the fact that he now doesn't have possibly six games. Yeah. Like when you put it into context like that, it, it is wild. But it from from just looking at these, it does seem to be that the market's sort of baking in somewhere between a 10 and you know, so 10 and 20% premium mm. on a player having midweeks, which is wild. I mean, I next up is Guillaume, and actually I just don't really I can't know make any sense of that. What, what's happening there? No, no. And this is the thing. I think you have to remember sometimes. Like, I tried to logic situations. I'm trying mm. to figure out what exactly is going on. And sometimes in the limited market, it's just people being absolute degens, and it makes no sense. The fact that he his price doubled in limited on the announcements of the new scoring matrix just shows what hype and momentum can do to market value. So he. I don't really know. Was that? Oh, so all that, that spike that is just before, before they kick off. Yeah, it's literally just before, before they, they kick off. And then, so I guess people are gambling that they're going to get through, and then he goes okay. back up a little way, so and then they lose. Gam- and- yeah, I mean, he's literally gone from 0.03 in people jumping in before they kicked off. The next auction was 0.029. So he's he's lost like 25% of his value just based on getting yeah. knocked out. Yeah. I like it's it's it is wild. It really is. Um 
but I guess that just really goes to show the importance that that people are placing on midweeks. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's not. The thing as well is like he's not even been eligible for specialist or or anything like that. So there's not been the the market movement there. So this this market movement on the Konya Sport players does purely seem to be people people moving out of them based on the fact that they will no longer have midweeks. Yeah, which is wild. Really, I think so. Yeah, like you say, for six games, it doesn't sound like a lot. I feel like six midweeks though is like. I feel like that is quite a lot in a so where in a so rare way. A bit like when you're waiting for like two weeks for your players to come back and it feels like a year. Like six game weeks sounds like a lot in so rare world, but actually like it it probably isn't. <laughs> well, I mean this is the thing, is like if you think about it, it depends on your gallery composition. Yeah. But sure. if you if you can get in a position where you are confident of getting at least a tier one in six consecutive midweeks. That could be huge for your chances yeah. of winning at the weekend as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I we almost feel like we need to do like a follow up pod on this in like about six weeks and be like, how did you get on shifting your focus to midweeks? But yeah. I'll be honest now, like from what I've seen in the past couple of weeks, I really want to lean more into the midweeks. Um, you know, particularly the specialist as well. Like I noticed in the in the update that Sora shared yesterday around yeah, the new tournaments the week, yeah, rare and super rare specialist and underdog are happening midweeks, right? which mad. is which is mad. I mean, there's going to be hardly any entrance in the specialist super rare, surely. Well, that's what I thought. Like, there's going to be galleries. I, I think this is like a tournament for Sean Newsham, isn't it? Like, or or McBride. Like <laughs> McBride, anyone, yeah, McBride yeah, anyone. Crush, the midweek <laughs> specialist super rare, definitely. <laughs> anyone that's got like a gallery of over a thousand cards is like, yeah, yeah this is the tournament for me. <laughs> um, because yeah, I like. I'll be honest. I struggle to put out a specialist. Uh, I can't get one out of the weekend. Super at the weekend, so I'm not going to chance midweek unless there's like some mid weird midweek where it's only like MLS and Belgium playing. <laughs> that might stand a chance, um, but yeah, I I do wonder what what that. Yeah, I think we both know who's like the type of manager that's going to win that. Like that's going to those are the deepest galleries, the kind of people that like yeah. forget what cards they have and then like oh, I've go got to this trend. Oh, oh, yeah, that one. That one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, feel like I think you're the rails now. <laughs> no, I think you're um, like how. So I think you're right though, and like I am considering like when we find out the groups or like where teams are going, Europa League, Conference League, Champions League, because like if you, my sort of opinion is, is if you have like a challenger team in the Champions League, like we saw Ajax do good things last season obviously with the victory over sporting and um i think they won all their games in the group stage actually but that was the first time they'd ever done it in their history the i feel like any challenger team in the champions league is is like bad for midweeks right yeah and then like any champion team in the europa conference league is like really good right yeah so i'm like almost considering now like i don't play champion europe because i think it's a waste oh. of time oh, watch but out. Watch i'm out. like thinking like like you say like with villarreal do i just like buy five villarreal players and then run them in champion europe in midweeks 
and be like, yeah, you know, you can have your Real Madrid's versus Bayern Munich. I'll take Villarreal versus whoever, you know, Bucharest. exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and see, you know, and see what happens. And yeah, they might rotate a bit, but I can, that might even be in my favor. If I buy the players that are more likely to be rotated in against weaker opponents midweek, they'll be cheaper. So I'm sort of like semi-considering that. And one thing I am greatly considering is like we saw with AZ last night, like it just makes me want to go and buy an AZ stack and then like not even play them on the weekend. Just literally because yeah. they like an AZ stack, like lots of the AZ players are fine, you know, and I'm not I'm not trying to give Alf any like whale energy or whatever. I don't class myself as a whale. But on the weekend, I'm unlikely to need some AZ players unless they've got like a ridiculous matchup. This but is like the Josh Fourth Flex <laughs> show, isn't it? Just like, yeah, kind of a big deal. Have but, you seen um, your prize yet? Have you used the? No, I haven't. Your it's prize? not there. Is that, why you're, is that why you're full of it? But like, but if you win a Sehich, you're going to win a. <laughs> you're going to win a Sehich as your star. There's a few AZ now... players I'd play, and like matchup dependent, I'd probably play them. But like, yeah. quite a lot of the time, they're like all of them would maybe be sitting. But then if I can rotate them in for a midweek, like. And they've got, they're going to have in the Conference League a super favourable matchup a lot of the time. And yeah, we talk about the six group games, but likelihood is that these are that might progress past the groups and also have at least two more additional knockout games. And then past there, you know, you don't know. Like, um, who was it? Feyenoord got to the final of the, was that the Conference League last year? It was, yes, it must have yeah, been. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Feyenoord got to the final of the Conference League last year. So, I like I am almost tempted to do that, and I am genuinely considering it. You know, like you say, I, depending on my price today, um, you know, I could potentially sell it by the AZ team with some, you know, some extra ETH I've got kicking about, um, and go from there. But I think, like, you know, wait for groups to be formulated, and then maybe really attack it from there. And I think that could be quite favourable. The thing is, as well, is what's interesting is I think like some of the AZ. Like people have spe- like wondered who's staying, so like sure. there is a chance that um, Carlson goes. But the one I couldn't understand is Tiani Reinders is not point two ETH for a rare, and he has a hundred point score even before. Like he, he smacked a hundred last night, mm. but even before that, he had a hundred point score in his last five, and and was and he's just been completely overlooked. And I'm like, he's still U twenty three. The fact that he's U23 and, and looks to be, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. You know, you've got him, him, DeWitt, uh, Odegaard, um, Pavlidis. Like, you think that they'd all stay. Like, that as a core. Yeah. Uh, Martin's Indy as well. Like, Martin's Indy, like, you know, if you're not worried about under 23, like, Martin's Indy's a, a, a crusher as well. Like, he can Even if you are about U23, just get Bukuma, right? Yeah, exactly. Bukum or Kerkes. Kerkes has been yeah, playing Kerkes. well, and he's one that yeah. he's one that he sort of benefits from the amazing. yeah. He benefits from the new matrix as well. But you know, I agree with you, and I'm I'm like looking out for that team, and I think like once the draw is made, it will become more obvious who that team could be. Because yeah, honestly, like every midweek last year, I was like, I wish I'd bought Feyenoord. <laughs> wish I bought Feyenoord. Um because they're just ripped, and like. I, I tried to think like any like people who bought Sinistera last season cheap before they went on their ripping run, and the same with Kochi. Like the return on investment they would have had on some of those players just from midweeks alone, yeah, wild, absolutely insane. So yeah, I think I'm definitely more alerted to it. But I think 
I'm in a fortunate position where I am more able to adapt my gallery than I was this time last year. I think what I will be looking to do is selling off a couple of players in the next, in the next few weeks and looking to be like, let's keep my absolute core players. If I can sell off some of the prizes, I can sell off some of the fringe players and then invest in like, this is the team that I'm just going to run midweek. Um, probably going to be heavily AZ focused, I will be honest. Um, but if I can do that, then I think that there's just like a real opportunity to yield midweeks. I really do. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree. And I think that's something that I will definitely be. Oh, I'm just looking Luka Jovic right now, text. Luka Jovic, who's Fiorent- Fiorentina now, Fiorentina can get, past a, can get past 20, which I really don't want them to do because I have 20 cards. But if they can, he could be an absolute ripper in the conference league. Yeah, he would actually champion forward midweeks. Yeah, Gerard Moreno is the one. If Gerard Moreno stays fit, Moreno and Parejo. Although I think Parejo is probably because of his age, he gets rotated a bit more. Mm. Um, but there's definitely some players like that that you just think, okay, well, if they get if they get in a deep run in the Conference League, you're going to do well. I'm not sure I'm quite with you on like uh, I'm ready to degen into Champion Europe, but there's a consideration. Maybe in maybe in yellows. Should we just should we have a little like yeah, little dabble in yellows? Just make. Nice. I might sell sell my Pedri. How about this? I'll sell my my Pedri prize and see if I can, I can run an entire Champ Euro stack, but only midweeks. That could be. Yeah, fun. I think like almost play it like. Oh no, I better not say actually. I was going to say like almost paper trade it, but um, obviously limited cards still cost money, so that doesn't really yeah. work. But yeah, I think that's I think that's nice, mate. Yeah, sack your Pedri off by a obviously Fiorentina aren't on the platform, are they? But Lukovic is there. But yeah, like you say, like Villarreal, they will be. Fiorentina yeah. are going to be on the platform in a couple of weeks. Well, there you go. When they launch, when they launch Serie A, um, yeah, it's yeah. A, it, honestly a really interesting one. And I do wonder as well, like, what other new teams do we get in between now and then? Uh, obviously, mm. uh, Michelin of of uh, Denmark just arrived yesterday to everyone's surprise that was really yeah. kept under under wraps and that came in pretty quickly so I think there's there does seem to be quite a bit more coming from so rare so I think you know any any team that does have midweeks that isn't currently covered I wonder if there would be any um would be quite interesting as well so anyway yeah I think I've, I've enjoyed the conversation I think my eyes have definitely been opened to the opportunities that midweeks present if you can you know if you've got that sort of core i for one i'm just hoping andelect qualify um if andelect can can get there uh, then you know i get a, a bunch of extra utility for some for some solid players which would be quite exciting although not sergio gomez because he seems to have bailed on me and gone to city which is uh, disappointing. yeah that's disappointing isn't it that is... it would have been quite nice like having him play against like the Azerbaijani champions. Gomez ripping hundreds <laughs> a week. Yeah, you got to love those. I'm just trying to look. I'm, uh, Fiorentina have got like this. Oh, no, they got he was 32. I thought they had a U23 GK. He's 32, not 23. But yeah, no, Gomez against the Azerbaijanis would have been good. But, you know, hopefully the rest of your Anderlecht lock can get you. Uh, yeah, like... Esposito and Fabio Silva are going to be the midweek U23 forwards, aren't they? In those, uh, in some of those. Yeah, although it's not guaranteed. Anderlecht have got a pretty tough fixture actually to get through the qualifying. Oh, really? Um, I think they're playing young boys. 
So it's certainly like not. Um, it's not guaranteed they get through, considering they got dumped by Vitesse last season. But mm. I'd hope they're um, they're in a bit of better place this season to go through. So yeah, we're watching that with with um, with keen interest. Indeed. Anyway, well, thank you so much. Right? It's been a it's been a pleasure chatting um, as always. Thank you so much for everyone listening in. Um, if you've enjoyed, please jump on, like, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Thanks, mate. See you later.